Well, that was fun. The Suns defeat the Milwaukee Bucks by a score of 125 to 124 and now find themselves 15 and 9 on the season. They're 7 and 1 in their last 8 games. Remember once upon a time when this team was 500 at 8 and 8? Yeah, they're 15 and 9 now. And on national television, not only do they survive the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo going to the line a gazillion times, a three-point onslaught from a team in the first half, the likes I've never seen, and the referees. They defeat all of them and still come out with a victory. Matthew, how are you feeling after watching that game tonight, man? You know, once the legendary Papa Ricky said, never too high, never too low, but I am very high right now, John. Whoa. I am feeling, what, I am What did you smoke? High. Oh, everything. I snorted, smoked, put stuff into my eye, whatever I needed to do. But actually, it was the Suns that got me high, dude. This game just this is this is playoff basketball right here, man. This is playoff basketball, and the Suns are prepared. They are prepared. Yes. I mean, this is the kind of game that you look at coming into knowing you're going against one of the Eastern Conference's top teams, the highest scoring team in the NBA, the best offense in the NBA. And you just hope that you come out and you put forth an effort that is worthy of what the Suns are capable of. And can they put it all together? And tonight's a night in which they withstood body blow after body blow. I mean, it was like a Mike Tyson fight out there. Just, you know, one to the jaw, uppercut to the chin, two to the ribs. It just it felt like it was nonstop. And after yeah. everything was said and done, the Suns survived. And, you know, plenty to talk about, Suns Nation, plenty to discuss on this very momentous victory for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people in the chat and we appreciate you joining mm -hmm. us. Jamsters uh, looking the, good. The Jamsters are here and they're ready to talk about this dub. Uh, so if this is one of your first times joining us, remember to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button for that Suns dub. If you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, head on over to YouTube and subscribe and hit the thumbs up. If you're listening on the Brightside Podcast Network, fantastic. Thank you. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and thank you for your loyalty. As always, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Lissy. That's right. All right. So we got to cheers this one. It, it, you know, Suns yeah. Nation, Planet Orange, drink them if you got them. Suns win. Pop them open. And let's talk about these Phoenix Suns, baby. The Phoenix Suns are now 15 and nine on the season and while you were watching this game, Matthew, I got to know, did you feel like you were playing with the Suns on NBA 2K and it was on Hall of Fame mode? Yeah, basically. It's basically playing against that guy online that just can't stop scoring. You know, it's a cheat code. You know, when I used to play Madden, whenever it was, whenever it used to be a good game, there was always just like two plays you just couldn't stop. And that was basically Giannis' this game. I mean, there was no answer, but it was like basically just like let him do what he needs to do and then take away what else the, the Bucks were doing great, which was shooting the three. And the second half, it seemed like that's what they did. And, you know, Giannis can have his 50, but at least if we have a shot to win, that's all we can ask for in this game, especially when they start out so hot from three. Right, John? Absolutely. And, and too often in years past, after the onslaught that occurred in the first half, the Suns would have lost. Devin yeah. Booker would have got his 40 points trying to bring this team back, but he was alone in doing so. And we would have seen the, the highlights on ESPN of, 33s from downtown and Giannis scoring yeah. 47 and it just you know you'd hang your head and go okay another loss for the Suns it's different this year it's different to see a team that in a an atmosphere that at least at home while I was watching it felt like a playoff game the intensity of this game the fact that the Suns continually found themselves down 10 points but never let it really they never lost their cool and that's what mm -hmm. I really admired about this team tonight they didn't. And my favorite thing about this game really was they didn't chase the three. 
They stuck to the two. Booker made sure that this team was not just jacking threes to try to match the Bucks going into halftime. That was really what saved them. You know, I put in my notes, I'm like, if they can just stay within 10 points or 12 points going into the half, like they have a shot to make a run. And that's what they did because they weren't jacking up threes. They weren't really going in for the Suns. But it wasn't just that, actually. It was Suns shot a pretty good percentage in the first half, but they didn't shoot that many. But they knew if they were to chase the Bucks, who were shooting like at a you know career high level for every player on the team, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna get there. They had to do it their way, which is mid-range basketball, getting to the paint doing stuff like that, cutting everything that we love as Suns fans. And that's what they did. And that was my favorite part is they just did not chase that three. And that kept them in this game and gave them a chance to win in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's a very astute observation. I mean, this team was down 16 points to the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. I mean, that's not an easy feat to overcome, knowing that the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks, the Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks. (laughs) they have the offensive (laughs) firepower that can keep sustain any type of run Mm -hmm. you try to put on them. That first, I mean, this was a tale of two halves, essentially. It was a tale of the first half in which the Bucks went 13 for 24 from downtown. And just for a point of reference, so far this season, the... Phoenix Suns have 11 games in which they didn't hit 13 three-pointers. They had 12 or less. The Bucs did it in the first half. 13 for 24. uh, They made 26 total field goals. Half of those were from deep. The Suns were efficient as well. 54.5% from the field on 24 or 44 shooting, but still found themselves down by a 12-point margin come halftime. And you kind of had that feeling. And like you said, Matthew, it's like if we can sustain our offense, we know that Shooting 54% from three-point land for a team is darn near impossible to keep up through an entire game. So if we continue focusing on how we can score and know not to chase that three ball, then we can really start to chip away at that lead. Getting into getting the Bucks into foul trouble in the third quarter, getting to the free throw line, trying to match Giannis getting to the free throw line. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the Suns had... Went 18 for 25 from the field, or I'm sorry, from uh, the free throw. Uh, Giannis went 17 for 21, man. Yeah. Yeah, and Giannis was really doing whatever he wanted, but it was fine. I think Aiden did an okay job. There was one time where I thought in the second half where the Suns defenders were kind of creating a wall on a few plays for Giannis to come into paint. And that's the thing with Giannis. It's like in the playoffs, we don't know if he can show up, if he can be that guy. He had the last shot tonight, didn't make it. Good looking shot, of course. But those are shots I think he can make. He's made them, he made them all night. It was just a crunch time shot that he missed. But the wall that they created, it was only like two possessions. And I mm-hmm. thought it was something that they were doing to adjust to his game. They didn't. They just played him one-on-one the rest of the game. But to keep him out of the paint and just have him shoot the mid-range, shoot the three, especially the three. Like, he's the only player I know in the history of the NBA that can shoot that many threes at a terrible rate and not be traded the next day. Like, he is the only guy that can do that. So, but the wall thing didn't happen. I was happy. I was kind of excited. Like, maybe this is something the Suns are, you know, taking from other teams that have put up with Giannis. You know what I mean? Because this was his season high in points, Mm -hmm. and it was all coming in the paints. But they didn't. And it was fine, though, because... I, th- I think they just took away the three, even though I feel like the Bucks had a hard time making their shots in the end. They they had a lot of wide open good looks, but they just did not go in for the Bucks. Well, the law of averages finally caught up with them. I think that essentially that's yeah. what occurred for them. Uh, but you made a good point. You know, the, the, the Crowder defense, that adjustment, I think, was one of the primary mid-third quarter into the fourth quarter adjustments that Monty made because he yeah. was owning everybody in the third. And, and once Jay got in there, Although he still got some of the foul calls, he made it harder for him to do it. And, and ultimately, what won this game was the fact that Jay Crowder pulled the chair out from Giannis, and Giannis fell yes. over on one of the last possessions yeah. of the game. And Giannis taking that shot with 2.5 seconds. And, and let me just ask you this. Have you ever seen it to where there is a scrum on the floor, three guys are going for oh, the ball, no. and one of the guys gets a timeout call, and he didn't call timeout. Like, who called timeout? A guy in the stands is like, timeout. And, and, and they, they, know and they gave it to them, and then they could advance the ball. I mean, they literally gave the Bucks every chance possible to to win this game. And Giannis taking an eighteen footer—that's what you want. I mean, that's that's the play call. Let him mm-hmm. tr- shoot from out there all day long. And, and once that ball, I mean, 
probably obscenely, but once that ball missed and he and the game was over, I gave a little middle finger to the TV. It's like, you know what, refs, we had to beat you two tonight. And it was it was not fun watching. Yeah. I mean, it got to the point because I was watching the ESPN broadcast and the Fox Sports Arizona broadcast. But on ESPN in the third quarter, like Pash had nothing to say after a certain amount of fouls. I mean, it got really ridiculous there for a while. It did. I think I'm probably against everybody. I feel like they kind of let everyone play in the first half and the second half, it kind of got away. But, and, and I just, I think that, that the scrum for the ball, it's kind of strange how, you know, Lopez would, he didn't even have a chance to really put his hands together for a timeout. He didn't. And like, either yeah. you put your hands together for a timeout or else it's going to be a jump ball. Cause whoever was around him, I can't remember right now. One of the sun's defenders that were right there. I mean, all of them basically were three of them was going to were They were planning to tie him up. So either it's a jump ball or a timeout. And that, almost cost the Suns the, the game. There was a few other plays too where the refs were kind of a little odd and weird about. And it, it did seem kind of weird. But in the beginning, I was like, you know what? This is actually a fun game because Aiton got away with a few fouls against Giannis early in the game. And mm-hmm. and then Aiton, for some reason, he he was having a hard time later on defending Giannis and putting his hands into his chest, costing him like his fifth foul. So I don't. It was kind of both ways. I know that at the end of the game, the Suns had an opportunity to win it when DeAndre Aiden got that rebound, the offensive rebound oh, that he could have just dunked, and that would have probably sealed the game. But he threw it back out. Yeah, you know, it's just it away. You, know, you can't always just blame the refs. So there are things that the Suns did at the end of the game to almost throw away the game, but they held on to it. Man, they're proven. Well, well I mean, you can't always blame the refs, but I'll tell you this: no. uh, when when you have instances like this, where Giannis is holding Frank Kaminsky's arm away from him, and yet the foul goes on Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. (laughs) And then here's what was weird about this play was the fact that the Suns tried to challenge it, and the refs wouldn't let him challenge it. I didn't understand that. And, like, they tried to call a timeout. The refs still had the ball. I mean, what was all that? That was insane, right? You're supposed to give the team a little bit, even two seconds to try to challenge it. They were obviously going to challenge it right away. Monty was close to taking off his mask, running down halfway to the court to to call a timeout. Actually, he did call a timeout. Didn't he call a timeout? He to tried to, to but they, they wouldn't let him. Yeah, but like, how many I've times have we watched And we watched so many Suns games where, I mean, the, the ref would hold on to the ball when the Suns are at their free throw line before, like, anything, before the to give the other team a reason to actually try to challenge the play. And they didn't give the Suns an opportunity, but here we go again, all the negatives and all <laughs> And I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty stoked, man. I, I am very happy right now because if this was like a seven game series, you know, like Giannis after scoring 47, it's like, what else can I freaking do on this team yeah. to win a game? What else can I do? Nothing. That's why he's going to demand himself out and join the Suns. And, you know, that that's the only other plus from this win. Yeah, it's uh, got a seven-game series. Yeah, let's meet these guys in the NBA Finals, man. That'll be fun, huh? Yeah, that'll well, be awesome. Let's start all the way back <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, what, what were your thoughts yeah. on, Monty, on Monty Williams starting Frank Kaminsky over Jay Crowder and Cameron Johnson tonight? Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, he's undefeated right now. You can't take him out. And I was going to ask you, too, after this game, like, what do we do? We have to keep Frank in there, right? We have to keep Frank in that lineup because they're gelling so well. And I think he's just playing. I mean, his assist number, seven assists. He had like five assists in the first half or first quarter, something crazy, man. And he he's just bringing it every night that he is in that starting lineup. So I love to see him still playing the starting lineup. I know that Monty said in an interview where he's basically going to match the matchups coming up, but I think he needs to stick with this. And I was a big fan of Jay Crowder staying in, but who would have known that? that Frank is the X factor really in this offense, facilitating, rebounding, giving us second chances. You know, he can't dunk, no putback dunks, but he's given us second chances. And that's what you want from your four. And he's doing everything that we need. He's a little bit better than what Jay Crowder was at the starting position. I would give it to him. What about you, John? Does he continue to play at the starting four for the Suns going to the next game? I think you have to. You got to stick mm-hmm. with your hot hand. And what he brings to that first team unit at the beginning of the game is something that we had a challenge with in, or before he got in there. And that was just some offensive consistency. Now, you don't necessarily need him at the end of the game. As you saw, Jay Crowder was in there because he was playing better defense on Giannis. So it makes sense to finish the game to have Jay Crowder there. But why not bring Frank in there? He has the ability to play make. He can 
size some guys up. He's not necessarily the most graceful down on the block, but he still has the capability to pass out of the block. He can hit the three ball. He can do a lot of these versatile things that are gelling well with this offense. He ended the night with 14 points, eight assists, and eight rebounds. I mean, he nearly had another triple-double tonight. Uh, Two for four from downtown was a really positive and remains a very positive member of this starting unit. I'm actually finalizing a piece that's going to be on bright side of the sun tomorrow called the F and B connection. Uh, shout out to Nicholas Tan. He came up with that, the Frank and, and uh, bridges connection and kind of analyzing some of their statistics playing together, knowing that Frank prior to this game, thir- he had 31 total assists and 10 of them went to uh, Mikhail bridges and it only increased in this game because I counted at least three where he he set up Mikhail, and it goes the other way as well. Mikhail is setting up Frank. So when you look at this offense, the versatility that he brings, you have CP3 who can run the high screen roll with Aiton. Off of that, he can pass out to wide open three-point shooters. Uh, you have Devin Booker who can run some iso ball and shoot off the mid-range and deep. Off of that, he can pass out to any, any wide open shooters off of double teams. And now you have Frank Kaminsky and Mikhail Bridges who can run cuts for each other and set each other up. All of that equates to a lot of offense, and you saw that early in this game. It was 32-32 to 32 after the first quarter, and a lot of that's because the Suns, going up against one of the best offensive team in the in the NBA could keep up because of their continual offensive versatility and Frank Kaminsky whether we like it or not or whether we're surprised or not has added that layer to the team's uh, first team offense that has allowed us to be a potent offense in that first quarter, a quarter that before he entered was we were what 24th in the league in first quarter offense. So his, his insertion has been something uh, that I don't think any of us saw predicted, uh, but I know that we're all enjoying the ride, right? Matthew. Matthew. Dude, I just ruined the whole show. We were, where did you so go? Great. I was muted. I took a drink of water and I didn't want to hear I wanted didn't want you guys to hear my gulps. But yeah, we're all we're all torn apart really of what to do at the starting four. But we have to, I think, just give keep it going until maybe it falls apart. But what's gonna say it is gonna fall apart? Because like you said, man, he is trying to find the the wide open um teammate. And honestly, he's just very unselfish. That's what makes him so not valuable, but that's just what makes him like such a great piece right now for the starting lineup. It's exactly what they need. And I love like how he can do what he does. And then Booker and I mean, you have Aiden setting screens too. You have Kaminsky who's setting the screens, like he said, but you just have them setting screens. And then you have Booker and Paul, you know, off those screens doing what they do. So I love how they're all communicating right now on the offensive end. Yeah. The team's looking great. Uh, and, and you look at that first half. I mean, it was tough. The The Milwaukee Bucks put 70 on the Suns, and we're supposed to be the fifth best defensive team in the NBA. When you look at the Bucks putting up 70, do you chalk it up to bad defense by Phoenix or great offense by Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, they have one of the best offenses ever in the history of the NBA, right? I mean, you can't really stop it. They're sharpshooters. They get, they're so crisp on offense. They create space. They're, they're screening their space setting, everything that they do on the offensive end is just so good. It's it's like they practice it a million times. You know, it's it's hard to stop. Even Mikhail Bridges had a hard time. I mean, Mikhail Bridges on the offensive end was great tonight, but I mean, you can't really stop that offense. That offense is just too great. Um, they're just all over the place on threes, and it's just impossible to get a hand in their face because of the space they create. So, I mean, I think it's just their great offense because honestly, they come into this game the best offense in the league with behind Giannis. So how are you supposed to stop that? You try to outscore him. And that's what the Suns did tonight by one point. Jeez, they had to. I mean, again, yeah. great, great victory for the Suns tonight. Uh, and kudos to all the Jamsters who are joining us in the chat. Yeah, Remember, jamsters. if you're watching on YouTube, smash that thumbs up Cheers. button. We appreciate it. Uh, it's funny seeing people talking about you. It's like, you know what? Maybe we should uh, trade Sarich now. You got Pro Baller 602. So we, do we trade Sarich now? Um <laughs> got uh the boogie trend he's like son's paying dario all that money to have such a small role on this team uh and then is like trade him only because he had covid uh he was doing amazing before that so you know i think that Mm -hmm. obviously these are stretches of the season the the beautiful thing about being a suns fan and just a fan of sport overall is the, the casual fan will know that devin booker and chris paul play for the team and you know if they're uh, a little bit more than casual. They probably know who DeAndre Ayton is. 
we're all diehard yeah. Suns fans in here, so every game is a is a chapter in the journey that's going to lead, hopefully, to someday a championship. So this chapter that we're going through right now is the Frank Kaminsky chapter, the time in which he was called upon. He and he had the opportunity to step up in Dario Saric's absence and provide some sort of offensive and defensive uh, assistance, and he's been doing it, and it, to the point where yeah. we can we can jokingly have these conversations. Uh, and say, you know, yeah, let's just trade Dario. Let's get rid of him. No, we'll, we'll, we'll need Dario. His time will come. Somebody will get exactly. hurt. I mean, Jay Crowder, I hope he's okay. It looked like he banged his knee pretty hard on that last mm-hmm. play that somehow turned out to be a timeout for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I hope that he feels better. But if he's hurt, Dario's going to have to step in his stead. So that's the beauty of this roster is its depth and its ability to be flexible and have multiple flexible lineups. And it's been fun watching, especially over these last seven games, watching Monty pull a lot of the right levers. And I think that that's a challenge that he's had earlier in this season. And and he had it earlier last season. It was up until the bubble. He was really having a hard time pulling the right levers on the lineups at the right time. And now he's pulling a lot of the right levers and the team is responding accordingly. Yeah, and plus, if you're going to trade Dario, like, what are you going to trade him for? Because we need that backup presence front of the basket. Some people say he might be just our backup four or backup five, whichever way he produces. And like you said, Crowder, he might be out the next few games. Who knows with his knee injury that he maybe, maybe he just hit it a funny bone, something weird. Who knows? But we need depth. We need to keep these guys just in case someone's out. And you know what? It's funny because we haven't seen sticks yet. But who mm-hmm. knows, dude? There might just like Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore started the season out basically not. He wasn't even playing. Now he's just so now valuable. Look at him. He is just killing it off the like honestly off the bench. He is just bringing it offensively. His floater. I mean, I can go to bed at night just watching that floater. Just put me right to sleep. That thing is beautiful, it's dude. Beautiful. It is so beautiful. Mesmerizing. And- I just I think that we have to keep these guys a course. I mean, if you're gonna trade for anybody, we need a course of big to help Aiden, but you can't trade Dario away. I I just don't think so. Not right now. No, no, there's no way you trade away Dario. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's I now granted with Frank's play, he does become a little bit more of uh expendable. I mean, he does have what what's his contract? Uh, uh three years, right? Three, three years, years like nine mil. We're totally off. I'm sorry, man. I would have to look it up. Yeah, I'm sure uh, the Jamsters in the chat list know. I feel like yeah, it's three years, like nine mil, nine mil a year, so 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does become a little bit more flexible. Now, Grant, I don't want – let's not talk about trading Dario. We just beat the fucking Milwaukee Bucks, man. Let's enjoy that. Here we are trading people away. So Yeah, uh, it's three years, 27 mil. Okay, there you go. Hey, my memory served me correctly then. Uh, but you look at the second half then. Again, the Suns were down 12 points. And I just got to love how aggressive they started that second half. First play, they come in. Chris Paul oh, drops yeah. it off to DeAndre Ayton. Three ball, three ball. All of a sudden, like that momentum starts to build. And you're like, hey, uh, this is really enjoyable. I mean, this team just has that tenacity to keep fighting. And it, this proves that even if they lost this game, they're a winning team. They're a team that's bound for the playoffs. They're coming into form. They're learning how to play together. They're going to continually learn how those little niches. And I think, again, that's one of the reasons that I like the F&B connection, the Frank and Bridges connection, because those guys have played together for two seasons now. They really have a good feel for each other on the court. The same goes for Chris Paul getting integrated into this offense. He's Mm -hmm. learning the niches of the team. He's learning where Book likes the ball on the bounce pass, a.k.a. see the Dallas Mavericks game and the game winner that Devin Booker hit there. So all these little niches are coming together, and you were starting to see that in the second half. Then, of course, the whole Giannis hacking away, you know, the, the 12 total free throws he shot in the third quarter. Uh, it, it just got ridiculous, Matthew, and I know yeah. we touched on it a little bit. He entered this game shooting 57% from the line, and he went 17 for 22. I mean, from <laughs> you know, 77% from the line in this game when he's a 57% free throw shooter. Again, it just, you know, it, it felt like all the, I, I swear, this whole game felt like it was a 2K game and we were on Hall of Fame mode. Yeah, you know, that's what happens, man. We have these guys come in and they just do the best from a certain position on, on the floor where they're not that great. So they continue to get better for some reason against the Suns. But I mean, the free throws itself, 
I mean, he's basically Shaq. I think we've heard before that he is basically Shaq. You can't do anything to stop this guy. So he's going to get to the line. But he has been practicing. So it's like, you know, I mean, eventually he's going to click a little bit on the free throw line because he just he stays after games of practice. It's the one thing he knows he needs to get better at besides the three. And he just he killed us tonight in that in that way. But I I wasn't too upset with the foul calls. I feel like he was being fouled a lot because you just can't stop him. Maybe there's a few that weren't called that were called that shouldn't have been called, but that's just what you have to deal with with this guy, right? I mean, he he's remarkable and plus, yeah, there you go. See, that's like a Shaq foul though. That's like basically like Shaq you wouldn't even touch the guy and they would call a foul on him, right? Or a yeah. foul against him. So <laughs> that's just what you have to deal with. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I mean, he is unguardable. He really is. He the is. only thing you can do is try to force him outside, wow. build a build a wall against him and let him shoot. I mean, he is an elite player, 47 points for him tonight, uh, back-to-back MVP. I mean, that's what you're going against. And essentially what you had to hope for was his role players wouldn't kill you. And, you know, for a team that started from the field, 13 of 24 from from downtown, they ended 16 of 37. They only made three three three-pointers in the second half. Conversely, Phoenix was 6 for 15 from downtown by uh, at halftime. They ended 15 of 31. Okay, so they made nine in the second half. And overall, the team that started 54% from deep ended 43% from deep. The team that started 40% from deep ended 48% from deep. The Suns, 15 of 31. It's like you said, they didn't fall in love with the three-point ball. And we've always said anywhere between about 27 and 34, right in there is kind of the sweet spot for the Suns. If they shoot that amount of three-pointers and they shoot them at a decent enough clip, even 30%, they're going to have a better chance to win because they're not falling in love with the three ball. They're not allowing themselves to lose off or, or uh, uh, defensive rebounds to the opposition and let them get runouts. And that's what saved them in the second half is the ability to shoot the three ball, to sustain those runs, to sustain those Giannis Antetokounmpo standing at the free throw line, taking 13 seconds to shoot, even though the NBA regulation is 10 and he should be called for a delay a game every time he shoots a free throw. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. No, I'm not either. I mean, you can't really do much. But, I mean, the threes really came for the Suns at the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth, where it was like a 12-point deficit with two point two minutes and like 30 seconds. And we got that down to one. And before you knew it, right into the fourth, we tied it. It took the lead, went up by six, because all those threes came right in a row, basically. Yes. We just got hot, dude. And like I said earlier, the Bucks they had chances from three. They really did. We didn't adjust too much, like I said earlier, to the three-point shot and take it away from Giannis, take that focus away from Giannis too much. I think we just got a little bit lucky, of course. You need a little bit of luck in the NBA, right? You yeah. can't just win. You just can't go out there and just dominate, usually against teams like the, the Milwaukee Bucks. You just can't. You need some luck to get through these games. Well, you need the law of averages to to catch up with them. And uh, while watching the ESPN broadcast, Doris Burke said that. She's like, the Suns have done an amazing job in the second half defending the three ball. I'm like, not really. Like, they were still getting open looks. They just weren't falling yeah. down for them with the same regularity that they were in the first half. I really think that the switching of the rims is is huge. And the fact that they switched rims, they couldn't get them in. All the threes were going it's in true. on the other side of the court, man, for the Suns and for the Bucks. Oh, you're totally right, man. There must have been some hot chick or hot dude they were looking at. They just, you know, distracted going off. Yeah, distracted them. All right, it's time to analyze the guy that everybody likes to analyze a little too much. It's time for Ayton Watch 2021. So DeAndre Ayton came out in this game and was really aggressive to begin. He had what ten points, five for six from the field. I. I, Honestly, before I felt like I even sat down, I mean, seeing him come out with that aggressiveness, knowing he's going against uh, Giannis and Brooke Lopez, it's something that I like to see. He ended the game uh, with 17 total points, only seven rebounds, uh, seven for 10 from the field. Matthew, what were your observations on DeAndre Ayton in this game? You know, yeah, like you said, he came out tough, and he really did. It's just a different look on D.A., going into this game and I love it dude because he just he has a little bit more just flair to him and he has a little bit more complaint to him to the ref to his teammates he needs help you know I love it when he's yelling at his teammates and he's yelling at the refs because that's what I love to see that in DA he did start out really great there was two things I think those two fouls he got against Giannis over like back to back it was like it was three and four that really killed it right there and I think those fouls were actually really on Aiden but 
just keep your arms up. You saw Monty and the and at the timeout. Just tell him like keep your arms up. You know, just you know, stay vertical. That's all you can do against this guy. And it kind of got away from him. But also, he wasn't getting the ball a lot too in the third. I wrote down like just give him the ball, man, because he was he was like nailing those little jump hooks that I love to see him do. And after that, after he finished with like the same stats, basically he had in the third. So, I mean, he gave it all he could, but he lost a lot of minutes to foul trouble. So it'd be nice to see him. I think we kind of, we did bet on the fouls, right? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we damn it. And yeah. we both went under. We both so went under. You're both wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that really killed him tonight. But I, I like the way he was playing though, man, with some attitude. I mean, just those fouls were the only thing that were bad. But he he played a great game, man. And he's just part of this team. He's a team player. He's not going to score 50 points like Giannis, but he's going to put up a fight against Giannis. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough matchup with Giannis coming at you full steam. I mean, there's nothing you can do but go straight up and you still get the foul called on you because Giannis creates the content or contact. You got Brooke Lopez guarding you when you're on the other side of the court who's just, you know, He's a big man, dude, and he's hard. He's hard to get through. And you know, you saw that eight and adjusted. He was dropping little floaters, little mid-range floaters that Matthew likes so so much. Uh, yeah. But he, he really he came out with a game plan. <laughs> came out with a game plan and decided that this is how he was going to have to attack this team. Now, granted, he almost threw it all away, as we mentioned earlier, where late in the game he got an offensive rebound that was huge after Devin Booker miss and yeah. threw it at threw it away. And it was yeah. an easy, you know, easy uh, points on the other end of the court. So, I mean, we almost were going to have to sit here and be like, oh, great. We got to defend DeAndre Ayton. But he did as well as he could, given the matchup tonight. And it's, again, when you play against that level of competition, you just want him to be aggressive. And the fact that he came out aggressive is something I like to see. And as you mentioned, he had five total fouls. So he didn't have the ability to maintain that aggr- aggressiveness. But whenever they wanted points from him and they gave it to him down low, he attacked. And I liked seeing that. No, I did too. The only question I had for you was, did you want to see him kind of face up Giannis a little bit more towards the key? Like, you know, get up on him, not towards the key, sorry, towards the three-point line. I know just leave him open for three, but to give him the running start that he had a lot of the times, I kind of wish they shortened that up and, you know, created the wall early with DeAndre Ayton. But because when he gets it down low, no matter what, because his arms are so long, they're the same size as DeAndre Ayton, basically muscular. Someone put in the chat, you know, this guy is just 100% muscle. He is. I mean, both of them are, but Giannis is just longer and it's just impossible to stop him down low. So I wanted to see him kind of face him up a little bit more. What do you think about that, though? I mean, I mean, he'll still kill you from two um, from mid range, Giannis. But still, I kind of want him to be up on him a little bit. No, I agree with you. That's a, that's, you know, a good way to try to stop Giannis is to stop those running starts. And if you if DeAndre Ayton comes out and guards him out of the three point line or at 18 feet, It's harder for him to get that running locomotive going towards the basket. And from there, at least you can bump him a little bit to where help can come. But then you can and and, and force Giannis to pass out of it. I mean, in all honesty, if you if you have the ability to rotate on the weak side the correct way, you can get him to pass out of it. And hopefully you can still get a contested shot for the opposition. So, yeah, I, I think that it would have been nice to see D.A. attack from a defensive standpoint. Giannis a little bit more that way. He kind of was letting him shoot from the outside, which was fine. I mean, Giannis, how many three-pointers did he hit tonight? Zero. Oh for four. Oh for four. So, I mean, that's what you ultimately want to do. Conversely, yeah. that's the disadvantage. You let him stand out there all day. He's going to start attacking you, and you're already on your heels because he's three steps into his, his drive to the basket. So, Overall, though, a, a solid performance, I feel, by D.A., yeah. given the fact that this was a, a very tough team to play. And he ended with 17 and, and uh, 9 and mm-hmm. and did so – or I'm sorry, 17 and 7 and, – and did so on efficiently. I mean, that's all you can really ask for, I guess, from the guy. Yeah, exactly. And only 29 minutes. So, you know, yeah. 10 minutes wasted. So who knows what he would have – But oh, really quick. What I love what Monty was doing, he was mirroring yes, uh, minutes. the minutes with Giannis. I love that. I mean, I talked about it a few times. I'm like, I want Aiton to mirror these guys. He's like Jokic. Anybody that's like the all-stars or superstars down low, I want him to match the minutes because defensively, how much better can you get the Aiton right now for the Suns? Plus, offensively, I want him just to learn off these guys. The more he faces these dudes every minute, the better he's going to get. And I think Monty did that. So Monty, like 
that was perfect, dude. Except for the foul trouble. He had a hard time with that, of course, Monty. You gotta kind of, you know, do your best when that happens. But you know <laughs> I still yeah. am asking for Monty to go, you know what, Damon Jones. I know get you up. tweet you tweet get that up. every time. Yeah, every go time. Slap him. Yeah, slap just him go slap in the face. Slap him in the wrist <laughs> one time. Or in the wrist. Sorry. Like as <laughs> yeah. as Giannis is going towards the basket, all you gotta do is yeah. Smack that wrist real hard one time. Let him know, hey, there's a consequence for coming down here. Damon Jones gets the foul, walks back to the bench, and Giannis is like, ow, that fucking hurt. You know, do that one time because a lot of the, the fouls, albeit they were fouls, were really ticky-tack stuff where Giannis creates a lot of the contact, and that's what the great ones do. They know how to strategically create contact and put the fouls, or I mean, I'm sorry, put the referees in a situation where they have to call something. But put Damon Jones in there for like three minutes and let him just put two hard fouls on Giannis's wrists. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe those free throws aren't falling. He's going back to that 57% clip that he should be at, huh? Yeah, no, exactly, man. Jeez. <laughs> um, obviously, we haven't talked about the 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 two big nights Ooh. for the Phoenix Suns, the two best uh, players for the Phoenix Suns tonight. And we're going to wait just a little bit more for that because – I'm gonna wait for the jam stars for that. What what uh what do you think about Bridges tonight, man? I mean, he he's the one who he he drew Chris Middleton, who is an all-star, who is somebody who is really a, a tough guard. He's an elite scorer, he's a really good defender. He's the guy who he was defending Booker on one end, and then Mikhail is guarding him on the other end. What what do you think of Mikhail Bridges' performance this evening? Oh, it was good. I mean, defensively, you can only do so much against Bridges, right? I mean, against Middleton, because he is an all-star. He's going to be an all-star this year again. But from all over the court, I think they were kind of switching it up, though. Um, I don't think Bridges was on him as much as I thought he would be. It's kind of like, you know, hide-and-seek, kind of like what Doncic does with Bridges. You know, you got to kind of, you know, put him over in the corner if you can. But I think Bridges did great. I mean, he started out this... He started out the game perfect. He made every shot. He was six to six. And then the best play that I loved to see was his first miss. That one play where he actually took the ball all the way and he forced it yeah. down into the lane and it got the ball around the hoop. And, but he missed a layup. But I just love that because he knows how good he is at it. And he did the pump fake, went around him the long way, and he made it hard for the defender to even step in front of him. And that's what I wanted to see, even though it was his first miss and he was three from three from three to start. I just I love that play. I couldn't get over it. I thought I was like, dude, that is just and you cannot stop that. It's not like Giannis. You can't stop that. But it's like a miniature Giannis coming at you with Mikel Bridges. And and great defense, too. I mean, he held Chris Middleton to seven for 17 shooting and 18 points. I mean, yeah, he's doing that on one side. He's hitting three for three from downtown on the other side. He's taking the ball to the rim. He's playing and cutting all over the place. I mean, Bridges, again, continues to kind of be that X factor when he has a solid game. Uh, the the Suns are going to win. I mean, it just it comes down to that. You need your role players to step up, and he stepped up on both sides of the court tonight, and it was huge. I mean, even if the team ha- would have lost, he he put in a worthy effort. He's one of the few guys who didn't get a foul called on him when he guarded Giannis. I mean, so uh, just because he let him go by him, but I mean, he just really uh, fun to watch him play at the level that he's been playing at for the past few weeks. Uh, even though he's not scoring the 20, 25 points that he was a couple weeks ago, he's still putting in a solid defensive effort and you need to have these guys if you want to be successful moving forward. Yeah, you definitely do. And they know that they know that the whole, all the, all the players, Booker, Chris Paul, they all speak up for these guys. They know that they're, they're, they're next. They're right there. They're so close to being even more of a, a bigger factor for the um, Suns. So, yep. Absolutely. Sorry, I was trying to something up. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there, there's one guy who nearly ended it all for us. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I tell you, man, I feel like every single time that the Suns end up playing Bryn Forbes, this guy goes off. And he's a guy you never have heard of. The Suns, you know, if you're a real big Suns fan, you've heard of him before because he's the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I mean, he had 17 in the first quarter. He's uh, he Two years ago against the Suns, on December 11th, 2018, he put up his season high of 24 against the Suns. Uh, he's a 40% career three-point shooter against the Suns, and he was five for six from downtown in the first quarter against the Suns. I mean, he he was a pain in our ass, and he finished with 17 points, zero points in the second uh, half. But, man, yeah. 
that guy. He's just one of those ninja sons killers. Am I right? Yeah, and it, I was watching. I'm like, what is that award that John has? I forget the freaking name. The Jack, Jack Taylor. Taylor. Award. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. And I didn't even know he was ever had any good games against the Suns in the past. I really didn't. But I mean, he's he, he a career high right now. Right now, in this. Oh my god, what am I doing? A career high right now in a three point range, really for him this year. So he looked like he. He only averages like four a game, but this yeah. game, he, I mean, he, he, it was just ridiculous, but he was getting good looks though too. So I, I don't blame him. I mean, it was going in for everybody in the first half. So luckily he cooled off because that would have been, I mean, he, he won the award, right? Even though it's one half. Yeah. I'll still it, give it, it to okay. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's award winner. Yeah. I it mean, sucked. He, it's a sucky award, but he won it. And his pro ball <laughs> 602 says in the chat, he's an ex Spurs player. What do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, those, exactly. Those, those experts, man, they have our they have our number. Well, it's the time to where we can debate. Jam star of the game. So, if you're watching along with us live, please let us know in the chat who you think the jam star of the game was, Matthew. It's up between Chris Paul and Devin Booker in this one, and they yeah. both. It's the first game where they both scored over 24 or 25 points together. Uh, there was a performance earlier in the year where Devin scored 34 and Chris Paul scored 24. Uh, it, it's tough, man. I mean, who do you give the jam star of the game to? Oh, man. Both were just so great creating space. Both were just, you know, they, they were getting the mismatches. They were doing the switches. Chris Paul, especially, man. He, he was just, he got the three going this game, too. Hit four of them. But there's Devin Booker is my jam star of the game. And the reason is he just looks like I know he's taken over games in the past. I know he's hit game winners, all of that. But he is literally looking like just the leader of this team right now. There was smiles from him on the court. I think there was one time he was laughing at DA at the free throw line. Last game, he had a high five to DA. Those are little things. And this is stupid to say, but I love to see that. Body language. Yeah, I love to see that. And just him at the end of games. I don't even worry about him making mistakes anymore. Like before it used to be just like, just don't throw the ball away. Don't get the ball stolen Booker. Sometimes that used to happen. Now it's just, he is completely formed into the leader. The end of the guy or the end of the game guy that we're going to have the ball in his hands. Chris Paul knows that, but I mean, Chris Paul and Booker go back and forth with those ISO plays. And I love it. I love that. I, Cause they can get their shot off, especially on the mismatches. So I'm choosing Booker in this one. Um, I just amazing game by him. I mean, starting out with four points in the first quarter, just he he finishes off well. Who do you got, man? Uh, it's tough, and you go through the chat, and you know everybody's kind of you know Booker, Jay Crowder's getting some love uh, for his efforts yeah, late in the game. Uh, clutch book, uh, honorable mention again, Jay Crowder. Um, a lot of both, you know, backcourt, you know, the monsters of the mid range, if you will, Devin Paul. We're seeing some of that. Uh, CP and book. You know, yeah. it's it's a lot of uh, people going for both, and 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 I get it. Point Frank from Bees. <laughs> uh, you picked book. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go CP3 on this one for a couple different reasons. Uh, one, you know, we'll, we'll put the stat lines out there. Devin Booker, 30 points, six rebounds, three assists, 11 for 21 shooting. So you, you got to love that, right? 30 points, 21 shots, uh, seven for nine from the free throw line. You know, although he did miss that one late. Uh, Forcing the opposition into compromising situations, putting the Bucks into foul trouble. That was Devin Booker tonight. He he forced the issue. And for those of you uh, who wa- who read that piece today, I don't know if you did, Matthew, by Michael Wilbon on the front page of ESPN.com about Devin Booker. An amazing read. Nice to see some of that national recognition for Devin Booker. A lot of things that we as Suns fans know because we've known Book now for six years, and he's been kind of the guy who's been the face of the franchise for at least the last four. Um, so seeing that national recognition or recognition was great. I really hoped he would hit one of those last two shots that he took to yeah. kind of ice the game. He didn't. Uh, I'm going to go with CP3. CP3, 28 points on 10 for 20 shooting, four for seven from downtown, seven assists, three rebounds, two steals. Uh, Chris Paul, I know it's, I know he shot 50% from the field, 10 for 20, but man, whenever he shoots, I feel like it's going in. It's beautiful when it's yeah. mid-range, when it's from downtown. Uh, there was that one play where 
everything kind of collapsed on the interior. They passed it around. He hit one, you know, a, just a spot up three. He really kind of led that charge that brought this team back into the game. And it was his three point shooting, oddly enough, that did it. You know, the Suns outscored the Bucks 39 to 30 in that third quarter. And a lot of that was behind CP3. Now, granted, Booker uh, at the end of the third and especially going to the fourth really started to flex his uh, offensive capability. But I think that CP3, I mean, his game is so smooth. It's really fun to watch. I, I mm. never thought in a million years that I would become a huge CP3 fan. And I love the guy. I, I just think that, you know, he was my jam star for his efforts tonight. I just, I got to give it up to the point God. Yeah, that, that Wilbon piece, I haven't finished it yet. I did start it today, just haven't had the time. I'm sorry, but it's nice to, for Booker not to have to go to New York to get a piece like that you know written about him because it's well deserved and i i pointed out earlier where booker just i feel like he just kind of controlled the game today just not jacking up as many threes you know what i mean so that was a big part of it too but um you can't go wrong with any of these picks it was basically a beautiful game from both guys and they're they're starting to gel they're starting to gel you can see it out there man they're taking turns they know when to go like who to give the ball to and that's what you want to see from your backcourt and it's happening right now Monsters of the mid-range, man. This this team is really fun to watch right now. The t-shirt you made, it has. I was in order. It has like the uh, the balls on the nipples, though. So I might get it just because when they're shooting the ball, you notice that, huh? Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I might just cut them out and hang them. Oh God. Um, Now, for as far as the jam session predicts coming into this game, we predicted. You know, we, we always predict a couple things and then we predict who wins and who loses. And then based off of that, we have an ongoing record. Uh, the more points, Middleton or Booker, we both took Middleton. We both were wrong. Middleton, 18. Booker, a total of 30. Are you ashamed in yourself? No, it's fine. Booker would forgive me, you know? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, over. <laughs> Aiden fouls over under 3.5. We were both we we both took the under. He went for five. So we're both 0 and 2 there. And then who wins? Suns or Bucks? You took the Suns, and I said the 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 Bucks would win this game. So I went 0 for 3 in this game. You went 1 for 2. And our overall record, uh, you're now oops, I put that in wrong. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five and four, and you are six and three coming into our next game which is going to be i'm working on it i'm working on it and i did it wrong again i keep getting myself five and four embarrassing there you go okay you know we got to get this record not matching the whole year so five point five point four (laughs) you're six and three okay Close enough, man. <laughs> All right. So our next game, uh, and that's wrong too, darn it. Our next game is on Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a one o'clock start, Matthew. As yes. you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, what are you keyed in on as they face mm-hmm. now the 15 and nine Phoenix Suns? Man, I don't know. Is it MVP Joel Embiid or just Tobias Harris having a career year? It's like this team is just, it's endless in a way just because they have two superstars and they have Tobias Harris right now as an all-star playing his best game. I just, this is going to be a tough matchup. And the Sixers to me are the best team in the East, of course. They're number one in the East right now. But Tobias Harris, I mean, shooting a career high 44% from three, 52% from the field, career high. Uh, and bead his numbers across the board are much better this year 29.1 points per game so it's basically i was listening to no dunks today the podcast that i love to listen to almost every day they were talking about who would you choose Embiid or lebron james for mvp right now and i just wanted to ask you that too you can give out your thoughts about the game but i just want to ask you like who do you think because Embiid, i don't know i would not want to play Embiid over Giannis right now just because of that reason i think that Embiid has the talents to take this team to the finals and I don't think Giannis is quite there yet for some reason. I just I I'm scared of this team more than the Bucks. I mean, how are you feeling going into this game? Are you freaking afraid? Because I am. <laughs> I am because you know the Philadelphia 76ers right now are a complete team. And the thing that's always been the key to unlock them is an aggressive and sustainable Joel Embiid. When we were talking about it on our uh what quarter season jammy award uh podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
that's who my MVP was, was Joel Embiid. You had, you had Jokic, I had Embiid because he plays all four quarters right now and he's he's beastly. He's tough to beat and he puts you in so many different kinds of mismatches and unlike Giannis, he can hit the three ball. So you have to play him up and down and he's big enough to where he can and his spin move is just elite stuff so gonna be a really tough game uh if i was to choose an mvp mvp between him and lebron right now i would still choose Embiid. i think that he does uh more and it's tough i mean lebron again lebron's going for it this year i mean i think it's safe to say he's going for it he wants that mvp he wants to go y'all my 18th season in and i'm still elite so i'm going to do everything I can to do that. Just like last season, he's like, I'm going for it when it came to uh, leading the league in assists. I mean, that's just kind of how LeBron attacks it. He, he gives himself those challenges. So it, there's no really wrong answer there, but tough back-to-back for the Suns, huh? You play the Bucks one night, which is the second best team in the East. You beat them. Yes. And now you got to play the 76ers. I mean, it's that that's a tough back-to-back. I like the fact that we got this one against the, the Bucks. Let, let's play Philly, man. Afternoon game. Let's go. Let's do this thing, okay? Ooh, it's going to be great. And I love – dude, these matchups are great. I mean, they're 3-0 now on these East Coast homestand. Yep. I couldn't ask for more, right? 3-0. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's just it's great because we wanted maybe to split this home game or this home series that we had against the East, but now we're already 3-0. So maybe it can go the other way, but who knows? I mean, we are playing up to level competition. I mean, it was so scary when the Suns played the Pistons and they, they had that win, but you just everyone knew it was such a sloppy, negative, weird game. And then you're like, oh, here come the Buck and Sixers. Are they gonna live up to the expectations against those teams to show like, hey, we're a playoff team, we're contenders too? And they have so far. Absolutely. And it's it's gonna be a an NBA TV game. So not necessarily nationally televised, but national TV Aiton typically is good Aiton. We saw that again tonight. Uh, it's, it's only when he plays on Fox Sports Arizona and only Fox Sports Arizona that he puts in those lackluster performances. That's why when people who aren't involved in Suns Twitter venture into our little bubble of Suns Twitter and they see everybody dogging eight and they're like, what, what, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? It's like they don't realize that he when, when he's not on national television, he doesn't play as well. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see him against Embiid. Embiid, somebody who is owned, DA. That's the other side of this. So Frank Kaminsky, I uh, hope you're ready to – uh, you know, provide some help defense. Damon Jones, I hope you're ready to come in and get a couple cheap fouls and throw those, you know, slap those wrists. You know, you got to do that against Embiid, man. I don't think it's going to happen, but you got to no, mail, mail Monty a letter and just mail him a letter and just let him know, you know, put in Jones. You know, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tweet at him. I'll tweet at the Suns. Okay, then, tweet at him. I guess that's yeah. quicker. Yeah. All right. So let's look at some of our uh, our props for this game. Total points or total technical fouls over or under 0.5 technical fouls. Oh man, this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say there, there's at least gonna be one. Right? There has to be so. one. I think yeah, so. But who would it be? Who do you think it's gonna be? Is this cost an extra point? Maybe if we can guess who it's gonna be on. Okay. I'm going to say it's going to be on DeAndre Ayton. I think he's going to get technical. And I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that it's on uh, Joel Embiid. Awesome. I, can't I think that they're going to get in under each other's skin. Now, now the obvious default is it's Devin Booker, because I feel like Devin Booker, anytime there's a big game, he has the ability to kind of get a tech, and I was really proud of him tonight, and he's maturing, and he didn't get a tech tonight. But I think Joel Embiid, is, he's one of those fiery guys where you can get under his skin a little bit. Maybe Frank like he did uh, the other night against the Cleveland Cavaliers and JaVale McGee can have the ability to get under uh, Joel and uh, get under and beat skin a little bit, maybe get a tech out of him, you know? So there's that uh, more assists CP three or Ben Simmons. Ooh, uh, I'm going to say CP three. Okay. That's sure. this is another tough one. Ben Simmons again is just having uh, one of those years that makes them the envy of a lot of analytics guys. He's a he's a player who, through what they've played twenty two games now, he's averaging thirteen point five assists or, or I'm sorry points a game, yeah. uh, eight point two rebounds a game and eight assists a game. So he definitely has that capability. Uh, I, I got to go CP three, and I think a lot of the jamsters, Infinite Tranquility, Mook Allen, a lot of our very loyal listeners who are joining us, Nathaniel Darius, uh, GW two, um, a lot a lot of people, <laughs> GW two, maybe Frank though. Maybe Frank will have more assists than Ben Simmons. Uh, possible. <laughs> but, but I think that CP3 does get more assists in this game uh, just because he's he's on a roll right now, man. And then yeah. finally, the money question, Matthew. Who wins? 
Suns, oh, 76ers. I don't know. I hate this so much. Um, Why? Because you're going to pick the 76ers. I had to do, I picked the Bucks last time, man, and they're fucking hurt yeah. my feelings, and I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah. It would just be so great. I'm going to pick the Suns. I'm just going to, uh, it's going to be close, really, and I think it's going to be just like th- today's game. Same exact kind of game. Maybe not the three point shooting like we saw today, but. I'm gonna choose the Suns. Well, that's the game. scary part about the the 76ers, man. I mean, they're another team that has the capability to just shoot that three ball. The addition of Danny Green, who's not necessarily a spot up shooter, but is a shooter. Uh, the addition of Seth Curry. Uh, I mean, they're a good team. Now, granted, they shoot. They're 15th in the league in three point percentage. They're 28th in the league in three point as, attempts. So they're definitely a uh, number one in, in the league in blocks. Yikes. Uh, I'm gonna go Suns too. I'm I'm feeling right. I'm feeling the mojo. Uh, you're currently beating me on the season. I probably yeah. should go the other way just to try to gain a game on you. But you know what? I I like rooting for the Suns to win. Uh, you got a lot of people in the chat. Everyone's going for the Suns. The pos- boogie the boogie trend. That's right. The positive energy. Uh, Cone Yi, the Suns. Laced bacon. Suns. Jay Pizzle. The Suns. Anthony Cav- Calvillo. The Suns. Just all all the way. Marijuana. Uh, good name. Sons rolling. Kush. <laughs> Sons by one. Sons W. Yeah. I mean, so uh, we're really hoping that the team has the ability to, to, you know, make a four and on this homestand. Take out TCOB, if you will. Cause after that, we play Orlando. The next game is Orlando. That's let down a lot right there, yeah, right? Yeah, you hope not. You hope we don't fall to the level of our competition as we typically do. And again, kudos to that. I mean, they did that tonight. Playing to the level of the competition, 32 points in the first half, and the Suns win. I mean, it was just, uh, God, what a great game it was tonight, man. I'm really, I love it when I just love to watch it. You know, I take notes during the game, of course, but I just, I love the fourth quarter. There's no notes. Just, I just want to watch standing up, just like my eyes glued to my TV. I just, nothing better than that, dude. Nothing better, especially, uh, it's like I said, once we won, (laughs) I threw that middle finger up, man. I was so, the refs made me so mad tonight. I guess they make me mad all the time, Uh, but we beat them. We beat everybody. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we beat the Bucks. We beat the refs. We beat Giannis getting every call possible in 47 points. We beat the Bucks shooting 50% from downtown or 58% or whatever it was in the first half uh, from three. We beat all of that tonight, and now the Suns are sitting at 15 and 9 in the driver's seat. You look at the NBA standings in the Western Conference. They, they remain in the fourth seed, um, but they're starting to put a little bit of distance between them and the fifth seed. Now, granted, the fifth seed right now is the uh, the Portland Trailblazers. They're 13 and 10. Okay, they're a game and a half behind the Suns. The Spurs finally lost one. They were on a winning streak. They're 14-11. They're also six games behind first place and two and a half. Or I'm sorry, one and a half behind the Suns. So, you're giving yourself a little bit of a cushion and you're going to have to, because you, again, you're playing the 76ers, you're playing some tough teams. You're, you're going to have periods where you lose. This has been a great period of winning though. And it's, it's home cooking. It's great to see them in those Valley jerseys winning on national television against the Milwaukee bucks, a perennial favorite for everybody. It's letting everybody know, Hey, Phoenix, we haven't arrived yet. God knows we haven't arrived. We haven't earned the right to, to arrive, but we should be on your radar. Yeah, that's nice to know. I mean, coming into the season, Target on our back already, and we put up with it. We've done a great job against these teams that think that, you know, we're higher and mighty than a lot of these teams, but we're not yet, but we're getting there, dude. And the Sixers, they play the Blazers tomorrow night, so if Sixers can win tomorrow night and then lose Saturday, great. One o'clock game, get yes. some breakfast or some brunch, <laughs> whatever. I don't even know. I'm just excited. I love one o'clock Saturday. Is it on NBC? What is it on, you said? NBA, NBA TV. Oh, okay. I miss the NBC games. I do too. Dun, 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 Those are good times. <laughs> well, I think that does it for this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, thank you to all the jamsters who decided to join us on this late night following a late game nationally televised against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Again, Suns win by one point. 125, 124. This is a reminder to follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. 
follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching live with us right now, thank you. Press the thumbs up button, subscribe to the podcast, hit the little bell to remind you that we go live and we go live after every game because we have no lives. The Suns no are lives. our lives. I literally, our last podcast, I was in Sedona on vacation and I had to step away because I want to do this podcast because I love these Phoenix Suns. So beautiful win for the Suns. On to the next one. Let's beat those 76ers. Great job by the... What up, fellas? My beer's empty. I'm tired. It's time to go to bed, Matthew. All right, yeah, and Jamsters, don't forget, you can always join us on the podcast too as well, live if you'd like. Take some notes. Bring them on here. Tell us your thoughts. That'd be great. We had it once. It went great. We didn't. Yeah, all, we didn't all, you, all you have to do during the, the podcast is hit us up on Twitter at Suns Jam. Just DM us and we'll send you a link. You can come on here and you can join us. Why not? We want to fully hear what closed. you have to say. Fully closed. Yeah, fully. That's, yeah, that's, um, that's a requirement. All right. Yeah. And that's all I got. I mean, what a great night, everybody. Thank you, Jamster, so much. Everyone go home and love your family. Amen. Take care, everybody.